Welcome to Social Justice Matters, a podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Colette Bennett and I'm Economic and Social Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As many of our regular listeners will know, we have three types of podcasts. We have our 10-minute lesson series, which is a very short podcast just touching on the relevant points on policy areas that we think you should know about. We have our seminar series, which is an opportunity to listen back to some of our brilliant speakers from our conferences and our seminars. And then we have our interview series, which is when we sit down and we chat to a range of experts on a whole range of topics. So today is one of those, and I'm delighted to have been joined by Dr. Yvonne Skipper, who is with the University of Glasgow. And Yvonne was involved in an incredible project, Project Real, which aims to educate 11 to 13 year olds on the dangers of the internet, about how to spot fake news, how to spot fake photos, fake videos, fake people in the form of various different influencers. It's a really interesting and timely piece, particularly in light of a recent report showing the increase in use of the internet by children. So I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So Yvonne, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. It's very exciting. Um, How are you doing? Oh, really well, thank you. Very excited to be here to talk a bit about fake news and misinformation today. And it's such it's such a huge topic. I mean, we had Daniel Jolly, of course, who you know, um, you know, he, we had him do a podcast with us a while back and he was talking about that some of the studies that he had done and, you know, the fact that like 2016, he seemed to just explode <laughs> or not him, but like his work seemed to just explode. And it really has taken on like a huge importance. And we see here particularly around things like, you know, that the increased Im- immigration following from the, the the war in Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, we've seen this explosion of kind of far right narrative and how that's using fake news. So I'm fascinated to, you know, dive in a bit more about that and about the work that you're doing and a really, really interesting project that you, you're kind of spearheading. Uh, so first off, I suppose, a little bit about yourself and, and your experience in this space, this kind of fake news, social media type space. Yeah, thank you. So um, I'm a senior lecturer at the University of Glasgow. I'm based in the School of Education, but I'm a psychologist. And I'm really interested in how we can use psychology to help to solve real world problems. So, you know, what we can do to take all this knowledge we have in the academy and work with partner organizations to design things that bring that kind of theoretical research background with the kind of on the ground. This is what our problems are together to design things that are hopefully going to make a real world difference. And I got interested in fake news because I was reading some facts and figures about it. And I found that fake news spread six times quicker than the truth. And we all believe it about 75% of the time. So that means that if you've caught one piece of fake news, there's probably three pieces of fake news that you haven't. And you've then potentially gone on to share with friends or family. And then, of course, it, it continues on because they might not catch it either. And we trust the sources of information. So, you know, you're quite likely if your friend shares something to trust them and then share it onwards. You know, you might not look at the original where they got it from. And so these pieces of information can move so quickly now with the Internet. You know, back in the day, we didn't have that the internet there right so you know you could spread a bit of fake news but it would stay in your local area it wouldn't necessarily get much bigger whereas now you know people can put things online and and it can be all over the world very very quickly and so that's what got me interested in kind of understanding how we could help people to recognize fake news including me because I've been caught by it um I got caught by it the other day actually (laughs) I was like oh no I'm meant to be an expert in this and (laughs) I didn't share it but I was like oh I believe that and then I thought hang on a second so um it happens to all of us And the other issue with it, of course, is that all of us think we're better at it than we are. 
So this makes it another really quite dangerous thing. It's the sort of thing we all we all think like advertising. All those other people are impacted by this, but not me. So it actually is something that's quite difficult to um, to work on because we all tend to think we're we're a little bit better at it than we are. Whereas the, the facts show that only about 2% of us can do this systematically. So it's something all of us, every single one of us could do with a little bit of extra support and training in. Wow, that's that's amazing. The stats on that are amazing. And I'm dying, but I won't put you on the spot to ask what you got cut out of it. Um, so <laughs> tell me a bit about Project Real, because this, as you say, is a, one of those kind of really tangible things that can help with a real world problem in the real world at a, a really interesting age with a really interesting approach um I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much because I want you to tell me about it so so come on project real me yeah okay so so when I was kind of thinking about fake news I was interested in working with young people because of course a lot of young people um they use social media a lot for their news um a lot of them say that the real news is just boring and they don't always understand it and it's it doesn't feel very relevant to them so a lot of time they're getting fake uh, news and fake news through social media and what's happening when we're on social media is we kind of use these um we don't tend to typically deeply read what we're kind of doing we're just kind of scrolling it's just kind of going past us we're not really deeply attending to things so it's a really good space for us to to be caught by fake news because we see a headline and go aha and then click share we don't necessarily engage in deep processing if you were to read an article or something you might stop and go oh hang on a second or if it's gone through a review process potentially we can trust it because at least a few other people will have read it and you know said that they agree or disagree with it so I was really interested in um, working with young people because also I really wanted to see how we could get these skills embedded when we're young rather than waiting till we're older. And then, of course, it's a bit easier to get it kind of tied in with the curriculum. You know, kids have to do these things. So if we're trying to kind of get them to do these things in school, then maybe they could also help teach their parents as well. So I wanted to try and work with young, younger people. And also a lot of the interventions that exist are for adults. So there's a lot less for young people. And a lot of them are very specific to a, to a certain bit of fake news. So in not inoculating people, the idea of giving them other facts so that when they see the fake news, they're prepared for the, you know, for this and they can fight back against it. But of course, it's really difficult to do that for every single topic. Like you could maybe do it about COVID or about immigration or, you know, about all these different things. But, you know, then you get some fake news on something else and you've not got anything there. That inoculation isn't ready. The inoculation is specific, like, you know, like a vaccine would be. So I wanted to try and think about more of a skills based thing rather than, you know, something that was about a specific topic area so that they would get better skills overall. And then lastly, I wanted to work on something with the young people themselves, because I think a lot of the time when we design things as adults, we don't know what the issues are that young people are facing. We don't know how they would deal with it. Um, I'm not very cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm reminded of that meme, you know, the the thing from 30 Rock. Hello, fellow child or hello youth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so I wanted to actually work with young people to find out what they see as the issues um, rather than me um, guessing. And not only that, I also wanted to work with social media influencers because uh, a lot of young people want to become influencers. It's a you know, like career they look up to. They look up to those people. They're people who are in that space every day, who are, you know, their followers are trusting them. It's their job to create a kind of safe place where people can trust their information. So that's why I wanted to co-create something with young people themselves, with influencers and with teachers. So we had teachers involved as well. So that it would fit into, you know, other things they were teaching, and that it would be something that hopefully people would would use and engage with. Well, so we got. How um, did you select the influencers? Like, 
you know, I, again, I suppose, coming back to who do you believe, who are the kind of trusted sources in this space? Because, you know, even just a, a flick through it, some of them you're like, that's that's insane. Like, you know, the way your phone kind of listens to you. <laughs> yeah. fake news as well. But like, you know, you, you I start talking about needing to exercise more. And all of a sudden I have, you know, all manner of things on my social media and on, on yeah. ads and things like that. And some of the, the exercise stuff that comes up is like, you can see it's absolutely insane um, or the dieting tips are absolutely insane. Um, yeah. But like, how do you know who to pick who's the who is the influencer with integrity I suppose yeah yeah so what we did was we advertised for influencers who were who were interested in joining us um we had a budget not a massive budget so we weren't able to get you know some other huge huge names um we had a budget to pay them to get involved um and we were interested in kind of their their experiences so one of our influencers Phoebe had recently had someone clone her account and so she was really able to talk about the impact that that had had on her followers and you know that she was you know people didn't then trust her because there was this account with all her pictures and everything it looked real um so we were looking for people who who were wanted and who were interested in this themselves and we tried to get people who were you know quite diverse so there was a, a beauty influencer a travel influencer a craft influencer disability activists so we tried to get people who were quite diverse and people who had a passion um but yeah I mean it, it is it's very and it's a very interesting field um if you ever want to feel really old I suggest getting into it because oh 100 percent yeah talking about and I was like I don't even know what this is uh, quietly googling in the background <laughs> um but they really brought brought it to life for the young people because they you know they were experiencing these things they were talking about you know the issues they faced and how they overcame it and they were talking a little bit about, you know, positioning the young people as that, you know, when people are following you, they're trusting you. So in the same way that I'm an influencer and I've got, you know, however many followers, you've got followers too. And it's your job to make sure that they can trust you and the content that you're sharing. Otherwise, you're not going to, you know, your friends and family trust you as well. And that was a really powerful way, I think, for the young people to realize that we all have responsibility for the internet you know if you go outside you can pick up trash and make your environment better or you can throw it down on the ground the internet's the same you can you know you can stop the spread of fake news or you can be part of it and um that was you know something that I think the kids really bought into was it's their space it's something where they can make a difference and I really liked that it your project real it starts slightly younger so there's a you know there's a program a state-funded program in Finland that has been going since I think 2013 2014 um for secondary school students and it's it's amazing um but it when I was looking at it you know I kind of gotten a bit more involved in this space and then I was talking to my own kids um who are nine and seven and the nine-year-old had fake news that he was coming home with that he was telling us about COVID and you know we had to sit down and have the talks and do all of that and I was like we actually need to get this into primary school it's not secondary school like it's because a lot of the thought has already built up and if they don't come home and say it then that's what they believe because someone else that they trusted, as you say, already yeah. told them that. So this is a, it's kind of 11, 12 year olds. So maybe kind of for, for an Irish audience, it's kind of fifth and sixth class in school, the last two years of primary school. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we designed it. Uh, our co-creators were 13 year olds. 
um, the young people because that's the age you're legally allowed to go online. I know a lot of them are online younger, but we ask them to kind of design it around about their age, maybe a little bit younger as well. So the materials themselves are quite broad. So um, they're all freely available. People can and can have a look as a family as well. It's not just a school based activity. So there's little um, videos embedded where the influencers talk about things and there's discussion questions. And so, of course, that can be pitched a little bit older, or a little bit younger. But it's very much focused on what the young people thought that the the issues would be and I completely agree with you there's no point in waiting till the end you know it's important for for kids to be thinking about this from the early stages you know we teach in history look at the source look at who said it why might they have said that you know we can teach that so that's the same thing on the internet you know who's who's in that banner who might benefit from you know telling you this piece of information who might be trying to make you think about it so the five um we use the government share guidelines I don't know if you've heard of these so uh shares uh source, headline, analyze, retouch, error. So source is who said it, who's going to benefit from it, you know, why might they be saying something like that? So even an influencer, they might be getting paid to tell you that this camera is super amazing, um, you know, so why might somebody be saying it? So a healthy skepticism, not <laughs> not distrusting everything, but just taking a minute and going, okay, you know, who are they getting funded by? What might the benefit be for saying this? Um, headline, so, you know, a lot of headlines are clickbaity, um, and quite often, even if you just read the rest of the article, you realize there's a bit of nuance, you know, so it's easy to say, you know, immigration numbers higher than ever. But then if you read, you can see why that might be or, you know, the, where they might be, you know, all these different sorts of things. So, you know, don't just read the headline, read beyond it. Analyze is just that sort of moment of kind of going, hmm, do I believe this? Does this seem legit? You know, are there, you know, maybe I might go and Google something. There's a way to do reverse image searches. There's a way to kind of check, you know, fact checking websites and things like that. So if you're not sure about something, you know, going and doing a little bit of research as well. Retouch is looking for maybe photos that might have been edited. This is getting trickier. Actually, even since we started this project, um, videos and photos are much better than they used to be. So we were saying, you know, looking for things like you get a little wibble sometimes, you know, when people have edited yeah, their, their You don't really get that anymore with photoshopping. Now, I don't know anything about photoshopping, but again, just from looking at, at, at just in kind of, I suppose, researching for this, in looking at different types of photoshopping, it's gone from that kind of wavy, wobbly line to yeah. just really imperceptible. Like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's really, really tricky. Um, so I think also it's it's not always just saying exactly how to do it, but it's also things like just know that it could be because I think, you know, particularly actually the kids are better at it because they know a lot more about Photoshop and video editing and things. Sometimes it's the adults that get got because they think, oh yeah, you know, a photo means it's real or a video means it's real. Nowadays, we can't necessarily trust that. So it's again, maybe doing a bit of research, finding the original image, um, you know, those those sorts of things. But again, just being a little bit skeptical um, and then E is errors. So when people um, make up fake news, sometimes there's spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes or, you know, things like that. So simple kind of things that might make you go, hang on a second. I think it's unlikely that, you know, the prime minister would have a spelling mistake in in, in a tweet, you know, so double checking things like that. So that's the kind of the thing we use for all of our different lesson plans is source, headline, analyze, retouch, error. So those are the kind of things which people can look for. But speaking of retouching, we talked before, sorry, we talked before about um, your voice and how much of your voice they need to be able to kind of, uh, I suppose, replicate and and, and come across as if it's you speaking. How many seconds is it again? It's now three, three seconds audio. Um, (laughs) It used to be that they needed a lot, a lot of people's voice and a lot of training for, for, um, you know, to to give uh, 
to give a kind of voice that sounded like you, but it's now three seconds. And there is also, um, uh, I was having a look at this last night, there's, there's various programs which allow you to actually change your voice online. So if I had it up now, I, I don't, but if I had it, I could literally change my voice. So you, there would be a slight lag. So you would hear me talking and then I could make myself a man and you would hear the exact same words coming out afterwards. And the other interesting thing they've developed as well is um, that they can change the um, emotion that you show when you say it. So even if it is your words, we know that the tone you say these things in can make a very big difference into the meaning as well. So that's something else that, that's been developed. And of course, these can be really good things. You know, they can be used for entertainment. They can be used for fun. It can be a way, you know, if people have lost their voice, you know, for medical conditions, they can still sound like themselves. You know, there's some really great things here. You know, you could have Picasso talking to you in his voice about, you know, about his paintings. But it's just things that we need to be aware of because it does change so, so fast that it used to be that we'd get these emails and now people are pretty savvy, you know, about these like Nigerian prince emails. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's, that's not real. But now with with video, um, sorry, with photos and with audio and things like that, it's even more important that we just pause before we respond um, to some of these things. That's amazing. Um, back to Project Real and the modules. So, you know, talk us through, I suppose, the the arc of it from beginning to end, like, you know, what would students be doing or what would kids be doing when they go through this? Sure. So we have uh, six hour long sessions, um, but some of the teachers said it took them two hours because they were having a good time with it. <laughs> um, and all of them are very interactive. So as I said, it wasn't designed by just us. We brought in some of the research. It was the kids who were choosing the examples. They picked the topics. Uh, we didn't go in with topics. We left it very open because we didn't want to tell them what they were worried about. We wanted to hear from them what they were worried about. And we actually thought there'd be things like online bullying and things, but that didn't come up at all, actually. Um, so the topics which they chose are fake news, fake people, uh, fake stories, fake videos and conspiracy theories. Um, so fake people is trying to judge who's real online. So how do you know if somebody is who they say they are? How could you go and search and find out why might people pretend to be somebody they're not? So again, you can see here how you could target this at different age groups, you know, what you might talk about through those conversations. There's usually a little video from the influencer to introduce it and then a little activity, um, maybe guessing if things are real or not and letting people go and have a search and see if they can track down the truth about certain stories. Um, there's fake um, fake news or fake news. So, you know, how you could maybe find out a news headline if it was real or not using the share guidelines, go and find out if this headline is real or not. Um, you know, what is the what is the full story here? Fake photos. So looking at photos, we did a kind of quite fun spot the difference activity. So they had two photos together and you could see how the photos have been edited. And then we talked about why maybe people might edit photos. So obviously it makes them look you know, a certain way, maybe they don't want to have any spots, maybe they want to be skinnier, whatever it is they're doing, but what impact that might have. So we talked about, you know, should there be warnings on these, um, you know, photos, if they've been edited, um, what might we be able to do to make the internet a better place? So uh, photos, same with videos. Again, some really good videos, um, some very realistic fake videos. <laughs> um, so again, trying to spot spot them in the different, um, and even those actually have come a long way since we started the project. So we'll probably update those a little bit. Um, conspiracy theories, so we call that fake stories. So how you can spot a conspiracy uh, versus a fake news story, what you might, um, what the impact of those conspiracies might be, because if you believe a conspiracy theory, then you might be less likely to take action or more likely to feel negative about a certain group if you believe they've done something which they haven't done, you know, these sorts of things. And then the last session is keeping it real. 
And that is where the uh, the participants design some materials for younger pupils or people coming up next. So they bring together whatever topic they kind of liked or things they want people to know. And they design something to help other people to um, develop their skills as well. So it's six hours worth of content. But I mean, there's plenty of room in that that, you know, it can it can be a little bit longer if people want to. And I've talked about it being something for schools, but we have actually done um, some work with parents. So uh, we did some um, quizzes online with co- uh, during covid we had um, parents versus children. <laughs> and, <laughs> actually, do you know what? The kids were pretty good. I have to say they gave the parents a run for their money. Um, and that's something I'd like to continue doing moving forward is this idea of parents and, and young people working together because we know that in some ways the kids are very savvy. You know, they're very good at Photoshop. They understand, you know, video editing. You know, they have the up-to-date internet knowledge a lot of the time. Whereas I think the adults uh, maybe have those stronger skills in kind of trying to be like, who who would be saying this? Why might they see it, say it? How can I, you know, make sure I'm safe online? So I think build like building things together with the two groups, I think would be a really nice way of helping both both groups to develop those skills together. Yeah, and it's incredible. Like some of the stuff that you talked about there in terms of, you know, the questioning, the analysis, the particularly that that question of, you know, who's benefiting from this? Like, that's the type of stuff that I and, and the organization I work with, Social Justice Ireland, that, that we bring into our analysis when, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to analyze a, a policy, for example. It's like, well, who's benefiting out of this? Who's paying for this? You know, like, where's the distribution? And like, it's, and even down to, you know, the fake news, and it doesn't even have to be, kind of fake fake but that clickbaity headline you know I've read articles from Twitter where the headline has only borne a very passing resemblance to what's been in the actual content um because you know it's that vying for clicks that vying for attention and Mm. I just think it's such a key skill for adults that I'm, I'm actually really glad that there is that kind of parents thing because yeah I mean we do get like left behind I mean I I do feel kind of like a dusty old crone most of the time because I don't understand quite a lot of the new kind of the, the TikToks and the Snapchats and all of those bits and there'll come a time when I have to learn about them and by which stage they'll be gone and something else will replace them but yeah. you know it's it's incredible that skill that you're teaching now to kind of 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds, how important that is as you get older in terms mm-hmm. of how that's going to influence your voting, how, you know, and yeah. therefore all of the policies that are going to flow yeah. from that. Um, of course, of course. I mean, we know that, sorry, we know that fake news um, impacted voting in the 2016 American elections. We know that, like, this is not just a kind of, oh, you know, you might not buy this camera or, you know, these slow stakes decisions. These are big big things and and like you say it might be a headline here a headline there you don't necessarily take it in but the more you see them you start to kind of build this picture all oh, those people are this way or this is you know what's happening and over time and as you say the internet it tends to be really good at once you click something that's it you know you end up like like I bought a Fitbit the other day I had the same thing so since <laughs> I've, I've bought my new Fitbit I'm getting all sorts of like eat this and and do this and you know join the gym and, and all this stuff <laughs> um, but you can see how it would be quite quick to click on certain things and then you end up seeing more about that and more and more and then you can end up being very much pulled in um, in the direction which we you know is not very healthy and so that brings up um, you know some work we've been doing so we've been talking to Police Scotland about this work um, because they've been saying that they've been seeing a lot of big rise in fake news and the impact that that's having on, on people and young people they were saying that online extortion is up 434 percent 
um, since COVID. <laughs> so, you know, these are these are real issues. Um, and we've been talking about how we could work with them and their school liaison officers um, to kind of think about, you know, other sides of things. So we focus very broadly on fake news, fake photos. But this is something that we are very open to working with other organizations about, you know, if there's a topic that they think, you know, we can work with kids and, and influencers or, you know, different age groups to try and help people to develop the skills. Because I think it's really important that it's not coming from us um you know or you know the police saying you need to do this but actually working with people as a way to you know to talk about it. even the language that we use or you know the trust that people have you know the more kind of collaborative we can be in that you know we can then tie into things that matter to people and do it in a way that's engaging and fun you know project real isn't isn't i don't think it's boring like it's quite fun it's, it's great like i sent it on to the kids school. it's of, fantastic questions a lot of videos you know and and you know from our research you know the teachers have said that the kids have really enjoyed it and the kids themselves have said they have light bulb moments they now see you know things which they didn't used to see so hopefully it's just that creating that awareness and that engagement and excitement in doing this that it's not a boring oh another kind of gotta learn this skill but actually something that is can be done in quite a fun and engaging way because they've been involved in its design as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. You mentioned, um, you know, talking to to the police and, you know, they're aware of the the impacts. Can you talk a little bit about the impact? I mean, I suppose we're we're all probably somewhat peripherally aware of there's an impact on on mental health, there's an impact on body image. But, you know, what is what is the, the data? What's the research telling us about the impact of this type of fake news, not just social media generally, but, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of fake news aspect? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if if we see fake news and we don't register it as fake news, you know, then we might believe it. And we might not, like I said, it might not be a conscious thing. You might not see something and be like, oh, that's the truth. But, you know, the more you see it, um, I have had no, I'm giving you an example. I haven't seen Barbie or Oppenheimer. I, I have got this very deep knowledge of this <laughs> Barbenheimer thing which is going on. And I like, I haven't ever actually engaged with this, but I've seen it enough in all these different spaces that I'm aware that this is going on and it's a, it's a thing and that Japan isn't happy with it and that these, you know, they, they've been trying to, and they've been putting them against. I have not read a single story on this. I have not tried to see this, but it's in there. But you could write a paper head. about it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, you think about, you know, other, other news, maybe for nefarious purposes, putting things up, you know, you could be quite subtle. You could start a little campaign, you know, that these people are doing this and they're ruining our community and they, you know, they take money and they do this and that, you know, all these, these things you could do. And we know that when people act together um, on the internet, you can kind of play the algorithms a little bit. And so then those videos pop up more and more and more on more people's feeds, not just the people who are looking at it. So it's really dangerous in that way in that, you know, people are able to create um, bubbles of information. And of course, once you get into that bubble, um, we've kind of seen this sort of thing that the more you look in that direction, the more you see and then the less you see of the alternative. So you start to think, well, everybody thinks like this. And how could anybody possibly think on the other side? And then we get these quite sometimes quite negative sort of us versus them approaches to things. So, you know, it's dangerous in that sort of way. It can create attitudes towards different people and groups. Um, and the more we kind of engage with those things, you know, the further we can go down. And we see this sometimes, you know, with young people engaging with certain content about, you know, eating habits. Once you start looking into, you know, certain things about restricting your diet or, you know, these sorts of things, then you see more and more of them. And then it's quite easy to kind of get on this kind of negative trajectory uh, very quickly. And of course, you start to trust those people as well. So that was one of the reasons we wanted influencers involved because a lot of influencers they're posting every day and they're posting their lives and 
a lot of the young people, they really feel like they're a friend, you know, they know them well, they know when they see someone, they're like, oh, you know, she's going to love that because she loves this. And oh, she's not going to be happy with that. You know, you feel like you've got a relationship. It's one way, but you feel that connection to that person. So of course you trust them. And then they suggest this and, you know, you can go down quite, again, sometimes great pathways, you know, like activism and making a difference in your community and coming together. I'm not saying the internet is a terrible place. There are some amazing things happening, but it does happen sometimes that we get into these negative pathways. And I think that's where we need to be careful around, like you say, mental well-being, around posting our best bits online. I mean, all of us do that, right? We post our holiday snaps. We don't post post the day I was miserable and <laughs> laying on the couch with ice cream, do we? <laughs> we post the nice days. Um, and the more we do that, you know, the more it can make the, you know, the world seem a very, a place where everybody's, everything's going great for everybody else. So I think, you know, part of this it's not I mean that's not news of course but it does create a sense of what's happening out there so you know hopefully by having discussions by talking about it you know even the young people when they were talking about the fake photos you know they talked about how they did use um uh, filters sometimes for spots so a lot of them said they would use it for spots because I'm a teenager and that's the thing that's happening to me right now but I would never use it for body shape because I don't think that's right so some of them would say you know I would use it for this and not that and other people their line was in a different place but at least by opening up a conversation, it makes people aware of what people might or might not do and, and the impact that it might have by sharing that. So maybe when you edit your photos, you could put a little thing like I edited this photo, or I use this filter or something like that. It's, it's not, you know, it's not perfect. It's like, you know, the, the Hydra, you know, you cut off a head and then a new bit of tech comes out. You know, it's very it's moving very quickly. But I think there's some really good things happening out there. So I don't want to sound like I'm being negative. I don't think, you know, any parents should be like, oh, well, I just won't have my kids on the Internet, you know, because it's so important for their socializing, for information. But it's just making sure they're prepared. You know, like you teach your kids to cross the road before you set them free, you know, like yeah, you that's don't it. Them I, to have the skills. <laughs> I don't think you can say and I mean, I'm, and there may well be parents who say oh, we're not going to, you know, go down that road, you know, won't have kids on the Internet. But like. It will come eventually. And the earlier they're prepared, the earlier they're prepared just to question. You know, yeah. it, as you say, it doesn't have to be completely cynical all the time. The Internet isn't the worst place in the world. But just to be aware that it's got all the facts, but it's also got all the opinions and to know yeah. the difference between the two. Um, yeah. And I, I suppose the, the future plans for Project Real, do you have plans to expand it to go to lower age groups to broaden it out geographically what's what's the plan yeah yeah so we've got some data that shows that taking part in project real um increases um uh, confidence in spotting fake news so people are more prepared when they're online and it helps them um they they intend to make more checks before they share things which is really good uh, we're going to do another follow-up um assessment of it kind of more longitudinal to look at how this impacts um uh, um behavioral intentions and behaviors um, in the in the broader scale. So that's the first uh, aim. The second aim is we'd like to um, work with other other groups. So like you say, maybe different age groups looking at, you know, the things that are important for you at kind of 11, 12, 13 are probably different to what's important for you at 15, 16, you know, and, and we would do things a little bit differently. So we're interested in working with different age groups, older and also younger, like you say, because kids are online at a very young age. They're watching YouTube videos very young. Um, so, you know, that's something I think that it's important, you know, in an age appropriate way and in the ways that they are interested in and that what matters to them to keep safe, to know when to speak to someone if they see things they're not sure about. Um, so that would be of interest. And as I said, partnering up with Police Scotland and other organisations to look at, 
you know, what they're seeing as the issues and then helping them to develop, you know, interventions or ideas or ways of, of trying to, to make a change for, for, for these skills. Because, you know, like I said, I want to, I think this is something we could all get better at, you know, and yet all of us think we're pretty good at it. So I think having space where people can, can uh, think about, you know, their own experiences online about how they might, you know, develop their skills. Maybe, like I said, parents and kids working together to share. But really, I'd like this to be something. That's why the materials are all free. Everything is freely available to download and utilize. We've had more than 40,000 hits on our little website, um, which I think shows there's a lot of interest in this. We've had interest internationally as well, like from Ukraine. We've had a lot of downloads in Ukraine um, because, of course, fake news has been part of what's been going on over there in terms of, you know, getting people to think a certain way or see what's happening. So we, we don't want people to become skeptics and think like everything's nonsense because that's that's dangerous, too. Um, but we want people to feel kind of that they have the skills that if they're not sure about something, they know what to do. They know, you know, where they could look for information. Um, and then I guess the next stage in that I've seen a few people doing this is about what do you do when you see it? Because it can be quite dangerous to be like, well, that's nonsense. Um, and then you could have quite a backlash against yourself. Um, so how to kind of have these conversations, you know, how to kind of put things out there. So, you know, one suggestion from a group in New Zealand, they suggest trying to find um uh, similarity so it's great that you're you know so um so passionate about making sure our communities are safe that's something I really care about too and when I read this I realized that actually you know this wasn't so much of a problem is actually this that seemed to be the problem what do you think about that so trying to find something that's shared because of course you know if you just say no to someone then you kind of butt heads nobody's listening so trying to find a way to have a conversation and to feel safe in in discussing these things because the internet because we're so hidden and not everybody has to use their own names. It can, you know, be quite negative and, you know, quite a, a nasty space if it goes that way. So I guess that's something else to look at is what do you do when you see this fake news? You can report it, of course, but is there a way that within the page or the community that you're in that you could think about how you could open up a discussion? Yeah, and that is something, obviously, with, with the internet, that thing of because it's so anonymous. Yeah. And I think it's also, it, it really to me, seemed to explode after 2016. But because it's so anonymous, we have license to say whatever, to be whatever, to be, you know, as as direct and sometimes as nasty as we might wish to be, but would never be in our real life, you know, would yeah. never as a human being. There are very, very few people out there who would be as direct as some of the things you might see online where yeah. the comfort of your own home really kicks in um mm -hmm. I mean this is it is incredible and it's as I say it's something that I have sent on to to my kids school because it's it's something I would love you know them to to kind of take on board and and to run with because it's you know there's no point in saying stay away from the internet or stay away from social media mm -hmm. It's coming at you like, you know, one way or another, it's coming at you. Yeah. Um, and that's why this is really, really important. So thank you so, so much for taking the time to. Oh, it's to been a pleasure. Thank it. you. It is wonderful. Um, I know that you're looking at this whole area with inequality as well and and impacts and kind of consequences. And I will have you back uh, once we start more on that, uh, because, again, it's something I'm really interested in in terms of just who was impacted and how are they being impacted? And the more we know about that, the more tailored the responses can be. Mm -hmm. um, so for now, 
Thank you so, so much, Yvonne. Um, and we will see you very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. So if you want to check out Project Real, the website address is projectreal.co.uk. It contains full lesson plans. And it's really interesting for, as I say, educators or parents alike who may have an interest in this space. As per usual, if you have any recommendations or suggestions for future podcasts, please do get in touch at secretary at socialjustice.ie. And until next time, stay safe.